John 15, 4 through 6. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown to the fire, and burned. It is now time for Children's Bible Hour. If you're here this morning... In a time of growing isolation and individualism, we are reminded of how important it is to stay connected to God and to each other. Jesus gave us a meaningful metaphor to help make the point. I am the vine and you are the branches, Jesus declared. Jesus calls us into a life of connection before production, a life rooted in genuine love, a life that yields fruit that lasts as we abide in him. Sometimes when we're desperate, Our big hopes override good plans. That's certainly the case for a man in Pittsburgh a while back. He went into a grocery store with a plan. And his plan was to get paid. He was going to make it big. He was going to get rich. And here's how he was going to do it. He decided if he took a counterfeit bill into the grocery store, went up to the store clerk and asked for change, that he would get real money in exchange for fake money. What could go wrong with this great plan? But this guy, he thought, you know, if I'm going to put myself out there, if I'm going to take a risk, I want to get paid and I want to make it so that it's not just, you know, a a small payday. I, I want this to pay off. And so he didn't start small to see if this would even work. He decided not to use a $20 bill or a fake $50 bill or a counterfeit even $100 bill. He went straight to the top. He said, I'm going to use a million dollar bill in this store so that's what he was going to do and you got to appreciate the moxie in this guy but you also got to understand pretty quick that he sort of marches a few feet behind the parade if you know what I mean you see first of all he didn't think about that what cashier is going to have a million dollars worth of change in his or her cash register it's not likely especially these days and secondly wouldn't this draw some undue attention to yourself such a big bill and probably the manager would even come out and scrutinize what's happening and so you know I didn't think through that and then third and probably most importantly there's no such thing as a million dollar bill some of you are like I knew that I was gonna say that I knew that that's yeah the largest bill in US currency is a hundred dollar bill but can you imagine this guy when he's holding this fake bill in his sweaty hand going into the store his hopes his dreams, this was going to change his whole life. If this plan worked, he was going to be rich, he was going to buy a house, buy a car, pay off his debt, do whatever he wanted to do. It would change his life forever. Well, it did change his life, maybe not like he expected. When he went in there and he gave that fake bill to the cashier, she did not give him any change. And in fact, the manager did come over And he confiscated the bogus bill, and it made the man mad, and he slammed down the credit card machine onto the counter, and then about that time, the police showed up and took him off into custody. (laughs) Yep, changed his life, didn't it? You know, it's so sad when someone's hopes and dreams are unfulfilled. 
It's such a tragic thing that when someone has a plan for their life and it doesn't go as planned. But that's what happens when we put our hopes and our dreams, when we build our lives on things that are counterfeit. And we do it all the time. When we take stock in what the world says will bring us happiness and joy, and this is what your life should be about, and this is where you find your identity, and we buy into those lies. We build our lives on those things. We have hopes and dreams wrapped up in those things. How disappointed we are when they don't come through for us. And when Jesus says, I am the true vine, he's saying a lot of things, but one of the things he is saying is, I am real. I am authentic. I am trustworthy. I am not counterfeit. I am not fake. I am not phony. And when he appeals to us, the branches, to stay connected to him, he's saying, if you want what you need most, if you want the desires of your heart, if you want to live the life that God created you to live, then stay connected to me, the source of life, because I am the true vine. I am real. And we read those words and we understand that concept, but yet so often, so often we settle for counterfeit connections. So often in life, we look at imitation vines. Quick review. Last week, as we kicked off this series, we looked at John 15, where Jesus uses this metaphor. I am the true vine, you are the branches. He says, remain in me, stay connected to me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so last week we talked about this idea of bearing fruit comes as we are connected to Christ. So often we get that backwards. Rather than letting our connection shape and inform our production, we focus on achieving and accomplishing and doing and performing. And maybe we do that to to earn God's praise of us to prove that we're worthy we're good people maybe we do it because we like people to pat us on the back and follow us and favorite us and give us the thumbs up on social media so we feed that audience maybe we do it because we like ourselves and we like to hear ourselves and we like to see what we have accomplished in life there's probably a lot of reasons we do it but all of those reasons are empty Jesus says, if you are disconnected from me, you can do nothing, nothing that matters. And so he says, stay connected to me. Focus on abiding before achieving. And so now let's go back to John 15. And let's look again at this metaphor that Jesus uses, especially as it relates to how we often connect to things in this world that aren't real. We often pursue counterfeit connections, looking to fulfill our hopes and dreams. Verse 4, again, Jesus says, remain in me. I also will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. The appeal is pretty straightforward, isn't it? The directive is there, remain in me. 
Jesus says, branches that stay connected to the true vine, which means disciples, followers of Jesus, who pursue Christ and stay connected to him, he says, they will bear fruit that lasts. But what happens when we are disconnected from Jesus? What happens when we buy into a counterfeit connection? He says, well, you will not bear fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You certainly won't bear fruit that lasts. But he doesn't stop there. What else does he say? He says, ultimately, you will wither and you will die. Apart from your source of life. And you will be thrown into the fire. There's so many layers of this metaphor here. There's so many applications from Jesus' teaching. He says, if you are disconnected from Christ, you are living an empty life producing empty things, ultimately you will die because you don't have a source of life. And when you die, you'll be thrown into the fire. Pretty strong message. We understand that. And yet all too often, the things that we pursue, the values we prioritize, the ways we live our lives, pull us away from a strong connection to Jesus We settle for imitation vines and counterfeit connections, looking to something that isn't true to give us something real. That doesn't make any sense. Why do we look at things that are fake and phony, things that are temporary, to give us something lasting and meaningful? You see, the question is not, are you connected? The question is, what are you connected to? Or maybe better said, to what or to whom are you connected? connected because we're all connected to something we all buy into something a way of life a a philosophy an idea a a concept that we put together for our lives based on past experience or based on our education or based on what consensus is for those that we seem to trust and look up to we have this idea this philosophy this plan that we are connected to and that plan informs how we live and it shapes us and it produces something in our lives so to what are you connected from the text we see a common indicator of being disconnected from Jesus of having one of these counterfeit connections and that is futility life is futile Jesus says apart from me you can do nothing now, of course, he's not saying that, that disconnected from him, we are physically incapable of doing anything or that we can't produce something by human standards. There's a lot we can do. We can build a career. We can amass, accumulate, amass and accumulate possessions and, and money. We can invent things and create things. There's a lot of things that we can actually do by human standards. But they're meaningless. They're useless. They're trivial compared to the eternal. They're insignificant. That's exactly what Solomon said in his wisdom. In that famous passage in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, he says, Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, Solomon says, When I sit back and have one of these moments of reflection and I think about all the things I've achieved, all the things I've accomplished, all the things on my resume and beta, all of those things, what I've toiled to achieve, what does he say? What's the bottom line? Everything was meaningless. 
everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. You see, apart from Jesus, life is meaningless. Now, I'm sorry if that sounds over the top, that sounds exaggerated, or that sounds too harsh. I'm just trying to convey truth from Scripture, and that's what Scripture says. But here's the thing. You know this is true. You know it's true. You know it's true from your own life. You know it's true from the lives of the people around you that you've observed. Because you've had those moments. You've had those moments where you stop and you assess. You have a moment of clarity, a moment of reflection, and you say, is this all there is? Is this what it's about? Surely my life should be about something more, something different, something bigger. You know it's true because you've had those moments. All of us have had those moments. Jesus says, apart from me, if you're disconnected from me, if you're nurturing connections with counterfeit sources of what you think life is, then your life is meaningless. What you produce is meaningless. Now, of course, Jesus is not saying you have no worth, no value. He says, apart from your source of life, you are missing out on life. And if in our deepest recesses of our heart we have this sense of longing, if you feel like there must be something bigger, something else, if your life seems meaningless at times, then maybe you aren't fully connected to Christ. Maybe you are abiding in something else. Scripture provides more insight into this counterfeit connection that we sometimes pursue and gives us another warning sign. Turn over to Colossians chapter 2. Paul says this in verse 6, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives where? In Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. This passage is such a good reminder. This is one of those verses that you highlight, that you cut out, you, you put somewhere on the car dash or the bathroom mirror, that you can see it. What does he say? He says, continue to live in Christ. Stay connected to him. Paul even uses some of the language of Jesus' metaphor. Maybe, maybe in Paul's mind, he's reflecting on Jesus' words, I am the true vine, you are the branches. So what does Paul say? He says, you are to be rooted in Christ. Rooted in Christ. How do we know if we are rooted in Christ? Well, Jesus says you will produce fruit. Your life will produce visible, tangible manifestations of the character, the conduct of Christ. You will bear fruit that lasts. And here Paul says, let me tell you what one of those fruits looks like. Look at the end of verse 7. Don't read over that phrase and miss it. He says, those who are rooted in Christ, what? They are overflowing with thankfulness. When you are connected to the true vine, you recognize what you have, you recognize where you are, and you are at home with Jesus. That's what that word means. Remain in me, abide in me. It means to dwell with me, to make your home with me. There's something about being home, right? When you're gone on a trip, when you're away from home, you finally get home, you just let out this big sigh, like, ah, I'm home. I'm 
right where I belong. I'm where I'm most comfortable. You see, when we are connected to Christ, we are at home, where we belong. And knowing that we are where we belong, we have this this sense of contentment. And when we are content, we are grateful. We are thankful to God for all that he is, for all that he does, for all that he will continue to do. You see, giving thanks comes easy. Worship and praise and gratitude to God flows out of our being as we are connected to Christ. Your countenance oozes heartfelt appreciation. You are at home. Conversely, if you are disconnected from Christ or maintaining a a counterfeit connection with something else in this world, there will be a void of gratitude, which likely means you are chronically dissatisfied and discontent. You see, disconnection with Christ equals discontentment, dissatisfaction. And when you live that kind of life, when you are dissatisfied, you're discontent, what do you do? You complain. You aren't grateful. You're just the opposite. And you're always looking around for something more. There's got to be more. There's something else. I want to be happy. Maybe this will make me happy. Maybe that will make me happy. Maybe this is what I'm looking for. You're not content. You're not at home. Paul says, when you are rooted in Christ, your life overflows with thankfulness. Because you are at home with Jesus. So two signs of disconnection to Jesus. Futility and ingratitude. Living life, spinning your wheels, doing all of these things, producing, achieving, accomplishing, and yet for what? It all seems meaningless. And because it's meaningless, there must be something else out there. So you search and you long and there's got to be something. And I'm not content and I'm not grateful and I'm not thankful. Paul continues in this passage in Colossians to really look at more closely this idea of counterfeit connections or imitation vines. And that's not exactly the language he uses, but that's exactly what he's talking about. Back in our text, look at verse 8. And listen as I emphasize a phrase or two that are very similar. You won't miss them. Paul says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Let me stop there for a moment. Paul says, there are imitation vines out there. They're going to be appealing. They're going to sound good. They're going to sound reasonable. You're going to want to hit your wagons to that way of thinking, to those thoughts, to that philosophy. He says, be very careful. They're hollow. They're deceptive. Because they depend on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world. Of this world. They are worldly. They're not of the kingdom of God rather than on Christ. And now listen for this phrase, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in working of God who raised him from the dead 
You can see those phrases there. In him, with him, over and over again. Paul says, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. It's a good word, isn't it? Fullness. You eat a good meal, what are you afterwards? You rub your stomach, I'm so full. We try so many things in this world hoping that they will fill us up, hoping that they will make us satisfied. We buy into this thought, we subscribe to this idea. These people over here look like they know what they're doing, let's join them. And we're hungry, constantly hungry. And Paul says, you want to be full? Not stomach full. You want your life to be full? Then be rooted in Christ. Paul's immediate audience, they needed to hear this. Because they were being fed this steady diet of propaganda that they weren't enough on their own. That they needed to live by the law of Moses. Which included being circumcised. And if they would do that, then maybe they then would be enough, acceptable, worthy, complete. Now, the propaganda that, that we hear every day is obviously different. The message is different. But we need to hear this as well. Because how many times do we hear the message of, if you just have blank, then you'll be complete. If you just go after blank, then you will have what you're looking for. You will be enough. You will be full. You will be whole. You will be complete if you just blank. And Paul says, we are only made complete with Jesus. No one else was made to complete you. That sounds romantic, you know, in the movies, you complete me. No one was made to complete you. Nothing this world offers can complete you. You are only made complete in Jesus. He brings you to the fullness, is what Paul says. And notice Paul zeroes in on baptism. While circumcision may have been the symbol of righteousness in the old covenant, now God uses something else, baptism. This is your connection point to Jesus. This is where the in him and with him begins. In fact, Paul makes it very clear, Scripture makes it very clear, when we are baptized, we are baptized into Christ. We are buried, what does Paul say? With him. We are raised with him. You're not on your own. You are clothed with Christ. You are connected to him. Baptism is extremely important to us here at the Edmund Church of Christ. We celebrate the new life, the connections made at baptism. And it's important not as a work that we do to earn God's favor. If that was the case, then we are doing the same thing that Paul is trying to get his first century audience to move beyond with circumcision. It's the same thing. Nor do we celebrate it because it is a plunge into the magical holy water. There's nothing transformative. There's nothing special about the water itself. Nor is it an entrance ritual to gain admission into heaven or the church or the kingdom of God. Baptism is an expression of faithfulness, a response to God's call on our lives, a surrendering of one's life so that God can do what God does, bury us with Christ and raise us with Christ. 
God is the one at work in our baptism, not us. And so we celebrate what God does in our lives at this connection point. That's what some of us did as we gathered in this room last Wednesday night when one of our students, Dax Curtis, was baptized into Christ, buried with Christ, raised with Christ. That's what we do every time someone goes down into the water, we celebrate. Because someone who was apart from Christ is now in Christ. A few years ago, we decided to to take all the images, the videos, the pictures of the previous year's baptisms and put them together into this collective picture to see what God is doing among us, with us, through us. It's always inspiring to watch this video every year. It's inspiring, it's moving, it's emotional, it's thrilling. Because every one of those people who go down into that water have a story. A story that God is writing A story that honors him. A story of connection to Christ, connection to this community of faith. And so watch and celebrate with me this past year's baptisms here at our church and from some of our mission points. Watch this video. Jonah, a long time ago, a man said, See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? He said, If you believe, you can. This is um, a point when I know you're ready, right? And you know you're ready. need forgiveness for telling you no when you asked if you could do this in the third grade. Uh, I know that it's been on your heart for a long time. Roger walks around and the love of Jesus shines out from him, doesn't it? Richard, all these people are here to celebrate with you. He said, I just feel like this is the start of my journey. I'm gonna give my life to Christ and we can start from here. He has reached a place today where he knows without a doubt that he is about to tell you. Morgan, we've been talking about this uh, for quite some time. There's been a lot of wondering when and if it's the right thing to do. Having those conversations with his friends and peers and just realizing I need to officially kickstart this journey. Good moment, I am so proud of you on this decision and love you so much. This is Harper. It's a big night for her, just like it's a big night for anybody who's standing in this spot. I see God caring for many of us through uh, your service and the way that you show up, and you are so intentional. She has an awesome energy. She's super compassionate. And we've been studying for quite a while, and he's been asking questions a lot lately, and after retreat, his questions got a lot more serious. Peyton, your mom and I are both very proud of you and love you very much. Well, thank you so much for being here tonight. This is a big moment for uh, Aria. Uh, We're so excited for him. We're just going to rejoice with him. Uh, And I just have a couple questions for you. One is, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And that he lived on the earth and he died and he was raised. Yes, I do. That he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that the tomb did not hold him, that God raised him from the dead. Yes. 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 Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. Died for the forgiveness of your sins and rose from the dead. Yes. Yes. Who lived and died and was raised? Yes. 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 All right. Nobody lived on this earth and died and was resurrected. Yes. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes. 
and came to this earth and died for our sins. I do. And cleared away all of our sins. Yes. And a chance for eternal life in heaven. Yes. You choose to, from today, uh, live for him and to follow him. Yes. You Do you believe that Jesus is, is the Son of God? Yes. That he walked and that he died for our sins. And then ascended to heaven. Yes. Yes. That he lived, that he died, that he was resurrected. I do. And are you ready to give your life to him? Yes, I am. Based on your confession of faith, I'm now baptizing you in the name of the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. For the forgiveness of your sins. And so that you'll have the gift of the Holy Spirit, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Well, based upon that confession, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for the forgiveness of your sins, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesucristo como tu Salvador, creyendo de todo corazón en Él, yo te bautizo para el perdón de tus pecados en el nombre del Padre, del Hijo y del Espíritu Santo.
What an encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. It's We are thankful. As I said, every person that goes down into that water, there's a story there. A story that is not lived in isolation, but in community and connected to Christ because they are buried with him and raised with him. To live a new life attached to the source of life that gives meaning to life. A scientist was writing about the first root that a seed puts down when it germinates. I think it's called a radical This first root, she said, often looks for water, but really its primary purpose is to anchor the plant. So many metaphors or so many uh, similarities to to baptism, isn't there? She says that that root gives stability to the plant, and, and as it continues to grow, that plant is there to stay. It is rooted. It is abiding. Unless someone comes along and uproots it, it is there, it is connected, it is anchored. When we are baptized, we are anchored with Christ. We are connected to him. There is stability there. There is nourishment there. There is growth there. And God's desire is that we allow nothing to come along and uproot us. But so often, that's a challenge for us. Because there are so many things that appeal to us, to our flesh, to our humanity. It's so easy to get disconnected from Christ and to have a counterfeit connection with an imitation vine. But here's the thing, whatever we're connected to will determine the fruit that we bear. That's so true, that's just a truth of life. Whatever we're connected to will then shape and inform how we live our lives. And so if we are connected and rooted in a career, and that is the most important thing in our lives, then that will shape and form our thinking. We will become fixated on that career. We'll become driven. And so often that means at the expense of relationships and other things that that really are more important. And if we are rooted in pleasure and happiness then those things will inform and shape who we are. They will form us. And the fruit that is produced in our lives will reveal what is most important. It will reveal that connection. And as we chase that pleasure and that satisfaction, we will have that feeling of emptiness, that everything is meaningless. You see, whatever you're connected to forms your life and shapes the fruit that you bear. And so if you are connected to Christ, then that connection forms you. And you know what God does? He bears fruit in your life. What fruit? The fruit of his spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. The fruit of the spirit. And so the question is, Not are you connected, it is to what, to whom are you connected. If it's not Jesus, I urge you to make that happen today. To join so many others who have surrendered their lives so that they can be buried and raised with Christ. You can do that today. Or maybe you have lost that connection 
Maybe you've allowed that connection to Christ to be weakened because you have pursued imitation vines. Maybe it's time to confess sin, to seek community, to ask for prayers. We'd be glad to do that for you today. A couple of our shepherds and their wives will be in the parlor, a little room right out this hallway behind me. In just a moment when we stand, you can exit, go there. They would encourage you, pray for you, be there for you. Or you can come down to the front, and we will do that as a church family. What are you connected to? Jesus says, I am the true vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. Let's stand and sing. Lord, I come, I confess, bowing here, I find my rest. And without you, I fall apart. You're the one that guides my heart. Lord, I need you, oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness, oh God, how I need you. Where sin runs deep, your grace is more. Where grace is found, is where you Please pray with me. <clears throat> Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you've given us. Thank you for allowing us to be able to come here and worship you. I pray for the sick. I pray for healing. And uh, I just pray that you guide us through this week and give us strength. And Lord, uh, please warm up the weather. And uh, we thank you for everything. And in your, in your son's name, amen.
Good morning. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but like watching those baptism videos and like seeing these awesome youth group kids kill it up here, like I'm just excited about the future of the church. I'm excited about like what we're doing here and, and what the future of the church can be. I know it can be depressing at times, but it feels like we've got something really awesome going on. So if you're here, if you're a visitor or if you're one of our members, sign the QR code up here, sign up. Um, like we mentioned earlier, tonight we have no Sunday night for the master because of the weather, so stay safe out there. Um, make sure to get your groceries early or whatever y'all need for tonight. Uh, in addition to that, there's no LTC practice for tonight with that. So if you're planning on LTC practice, there's no LTC practice tonight. But there will still be the shower for Abby Messick, but that's going to be moved up to 1.30 today. So the shower for Abby Messick is at 1.30 today. Um, in addition to all this, 